You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks once again for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. It's been a great week, and it continues. It only gets better. It only gets better. We have Blake Harris on from the Inside the Ravine podcast. Oh, my goodness. It's red hot. Team Odyssey. Yeah, go Team Odyssey. Go 2400 Sports. It's all part of the team. Blake, you feel like a, a company-wide embrace now? I mean, I do. I do. I, the worst part is I'm awful at names, so I, I have, like, having to jot stuff down the last couple of weeks because I've met, like, 15, 20 people. So I'm getting better, but that's always the worst part is the name process. But we're getting there. We're getting well, there. It's also everything's remote. So you yeah. don't get to see those people all the time. Well, the, the guy with the good hair there—that's Coop, and uh, and I'm I'm uh, whoever you want to call me. I'm Bradfoe. I'm of the Bradfoe show. No W in show. Um, so, but Blake and Josh Schaefer does do an excellent podcast, and it's pre- it's Dodger centric, uh, which I find I think that of in Coop. You tell me if I'm wrong. That the team that people are more fascinated with in Boston, you, yeah, okay, it's the Yankees. But after the Yankees, it's probably the Dodgers, right? Yeah, I would say so. As far yeah. as NL teams go, yeah. And well, I, mean, I, I think that's just team. like recency bias as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember before 2018 being, no offense, being too concerned about the Dodgers, but that's just because we never yeah. crossed paths. Well, how right. dare you? How dare you insult Blake and his fandom like that? All right, Blake, uh, let me let, let tell all the people here. I want to know a little bit about your background, how you landed in our fine, uh, fine organization, um, and, uh, you know, where this sort of Dodgers fandom came from. And, and just a, as a heads up, everybody, spoiler alert, we're going to talk a lot about Mookie Betts. All right. So, but before we do that, Blake, introduce yourself to our fine people. Yeah. So I was, you know, born and raised in Los Angeles, grew up a Dodgers fan, went to 10, 15 games a year. I don't know if you guys can see behind me, but I got like 200 plus Dodgers bobbleheads that are just on display. So huge Dodgers fan. And after I graduated college, I was lucky enough to uh, get a gig covering the Dodgers. So the last three to four years or so, I've just been, you know, every day deep in Dodgers coverage, which is it's a lot easier when you're a Dodgers fan to cover the team you like. I know I've had some buddies that have gone and covered teams that they actually grew up rooting against. So I got a lucky there. And then, yeah, recently started up a Dodgers podcast with Odyssey. Got my buddy Josh, who's also a diehard Dodgers fan, grew up in L.A., went to college with me. So uh, the perfect duo to uh, talk about the Dodgers and a lot of fun stuff coming ahead. Uh, The season ends in a month, but hopefully there's a deep postseason push for content purposes, but also for my fandom purposes as well. Yeah, listen, I mean, this is we're living in the sad trombone of Boston, right? I mean, you have you only have the bad. It's not a bad time to be launching this baby. Best team of all time. I mean, right here. Earmuffs, Coop. Earmuffs, all right? No, I, best, I listened to their first time. episode so far, and yeah. I, the, I, I've i got a couple bones to pick with Ooh, you guys all complaining right. about uh, your bullpen. Cause, oh, yeah, uh, that, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear uh, it. Uh, all right, well, uh, have you been to um, have you been to Floyd's Barbershop and pouted next to Joe Kelly's mural? No, not yet. I, I've wanted to make it there, but the problem is, I'm sure you guys can imagine, if you're living anywhere in L.A., you need to pretty much clear your entire day if you're going somewhere yeah, because we, that's we going to be out, a full yeah, day trip. <laughs> we were out there for the All-Star game, uh, trucking around. And uh, and I don't know if you know this, Blake, but our podcast just bought a billboard in the Los Angeles area. 
saying thank you for Connor Wong, Los Angeles Dodgers. So, <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, listen, that I is mean, fantastic. Billboards go a long way. So what? I, I mean, mean I, wait, I. Pant the Pantone. What is the what's the yeah Pant Pantone two nine four that uh, no Dodgers fans were a part of that. No, that was okay, their own thing. Because... We when we saw like most Dodgers fans were upset by that. We're like, really? okay, we you know we were like we're like we got Mookie. Like we pulled off the trade. It was a pretty good trade in the Dodgers' favor. The last thing we want to do is rub it in the Red Sox face. That's like the last thing we want. But so, so I've heard they, that the group has kind of been like shunned. No, like there it was essentially oh, like a travel agency type thing yeah. that got it's, too big it's, for its britches. It's it's this group travel thing, and they've done some things in the past. But yeah, most most Dodgers fans when that dropped, we were like, no, no, Red, like we're we're sorry, like the trade happened. We're we're good. We we don't need to rub it in. That's that's the last thing we want after a move like this. Well, we are rubbing it in. We got Connor Wong. So hey, he, he's that. he's been like thirty something games, like what an OPS plus of like one thirty. You know, he's not been awful. He's a very nice human being. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, now, he's not he's not doing for the organization what Mookie's doing. No. Yeah. Your and so right yeah. Now. So why don't we jump right into this before we get the airing of gr- the grievances with Coop and the do- his Dodgers takes. Um, so you know, Blake, one of the things that you know, we I covered Mookie. We know Mookie. I went out and saw Mookie when they were in Chicago. I interviewed him there. Um, and it was, I think it was the first time he had really talked about the Boston stuff since he left Boston. And he clearly, Blake, was sort of, it was on his mind the whole, hey, you know, I don't want people in Boston to think that I hate it there. I would have, you know, come back and so forth and so on. But what's done is done. I felt like saying, like, it's okay, dude. Like, it's okay. And I, I think I actually said that. It's okay, dude. It's all right. That you're, you've landed in a good spot. Everybody knows this. But, Blake, what I'm interested in, when I see the stories about hanging out, you know, late night with Nelly and all everything else, like the Mookie that we knew was a younger Mookie. And I mean younger, like three years ago. It's, it's a big, big uh, – three years can be a big difference in when you get in your 20s. But, you know, this is a guy who I think has sort of found his way – in the in the glitz and glamour of Los Angeles, probably a little bit more than we even thought he would. Now, how how is he from your perspective? How is he perceived? Yeah, that's the interesting thing because I remember, especially when the trade happened, a lot of people like within the Red Sox universe were like, "He just doesn't fit the Los Angeles mold." Like, we can't see him being like that Hollywood lifestyle kind of guy. But yeah, this past you know Sunday night baseball, he's talking about Nelly coming over at two a.m. and playing billiards with him and whatnot and. You know, I, I still think he, he probably, again, has the connections. He probably has, you know, so many friends. He was talking like Chris Paul, Chris Brown. But I still don't think he's, you know, like exactly that Hollywood lifestyle that everyone's expecting. This guy, I mean, you guys can probably back this up, is the most humble superstar I think I've ever seen. Granted, I'm a bit younger, so, I mean, I haven't seen, you know, all of them. But this is a guy, just when talking with him, you would have no idea he's one of the highest paid players in baseball. He is, you know, one of the best players in the game today. You would think he's just like an average Joe kind of guy. And I think that's what makes him so special. The play in the field is great. But the fact that he is an amazing human being, I mean, all the stories you hear about all the extra work he's doing in LA, this is a guy where, again, you've gotten your check. You're the best player. You don't have to do all this extra charity stuff. You don't have to go to all these events. You don't have to be so gracious and nice with the media after every game, but he is. And I think that's just a testament to overall what makes the trade so great is not only are you picking up a great player, you're picking up a great human being. And I think he's great for LA. And I think the fact that, again, 
he is, you know, hanging with Nelly, which is cool and all, but it's not like a distraction. It's not like, oh, this guy's in a slump. Maybe it's because he's, you know, going to a Chris Brown concert. You don't have to worry about anything like that. So I love that he's kind of like this little superstar here in Los Angeles, but it's nothing, you know, that that's too big for him. He's not. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is that he's not really integrating himself into the the, you know, I'm worried about what events I'm going to be invited to the Hollywood walk of, you know, fame or whatever yeah. it is. But, you know, when Coop and I were out for the all-star game, you know, in Coop, you could back me up. I mean, 90% of the people wearing jerseys were wearing best jerseys, right? It, it was all Mookie. It was it, all every, Mookie. everything yeah. was Mookie. Unless like you saw like a Kershaw mixed in. Yeah. And so my question, I, cause we love power ranking. When you, if, how would you rank him in terms of Los Angeles athletes? you know, across all sports. I mean, he's he's probably near the top. I mean, I know he's only been here for a short few years, but he's probably near the top because his three-year stretch that he's had, I believe it's now officially three years, has been incredible. Like, you honestly probably couldn't have asked for a better stretch. So when it comes to, and he's starting to grow, like you said, 90% Mookie jerseys. Last year, and obviously 2020 was COVID, so there weren't fans at the game, but now that fans are starting to get used to him, they're starting to see him, He's becoming probably, I say the most, the second most popular Dodger. Kershaw's number one. Ooh, he's you know really? in a tier of his own, but Mookie's like number two. He's he's number two because again, Kershaw's been here for 15 years. He's you know most people's favorite player. But yeah, I agree. When you go to the stadium, if it's not a Kershaw jersey, you'll see some others sprinkled in. It's majority Mookie. And Is it the it, fact that he he won a World Series. I think I think it's the fact he won the World Series the first year. I also think it helps that you know he's going to be here for another decade. So it's not like you're getting a jersey where he might be gone this offseason. You know you're having a 10-year investment. I think that helps as well. But like I mentioned, I I think him being just a really good human being. Like my girlfriend loves Clayton Kershaw. Like he has been her favorite, you know, ever since he debuted 15 years ago. Mookie's like pretty much neck and neck with her new favorite because of the kind of guy he is. Again, he's he's great on the field, but because of the human being he is, that has pretty much cemented him at number one in, in her eyes. I mean, okay. I, I can remember, Rob, in, uh, not to cut you off there. How but dare you? How dare you? But 2018 World Series, you'll probably remember this. I believe it was. Sadly, I do. <laughs> oh, I, I was more so saying Rob will remember <laughs> this just because he was working the beat then, too. And it was kind of a minor story that blew up was when Mookie was bringing the all the, the homeless. Trays. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would like walk down Boylston. And yeah, and he and he had been so he was leaving food out after these games, after these long playoff games, leaving food out for homeless outside the Boston Public Library, and he didn't want it known. And then I remember how it ultimately got out, but he was really, really uncomfortable with it getting out. And that, yeah, I mean, Blake, to your point, that's the type of guy that he is, and. You know, I'm glad that I'm honestly glad that like he's viewed that way because he is a good guy. And and here and, you know, Coop, you know, after we did that interview with him, there were I was sort of surprised when he was saying he's like, hey, you know, I listen, I would have come back to Boston because the narrative Blake was uh, he didn't want to come back to Boston. And I said and I, I remember thinking, like, why are you so worried? Like people in Boston love you. But then you see the social media reaction, and that's how it works here, right? Sometimes, yeah. where once they leave, you become no matter how good a guy you are, you become the arch enemy. But um, I will ask this: like when the trade was made, you know, from from a guy who follows the Dodgers, were you immediately like, "Man, the the Red Sox didn't ask for enough"? <laughs> oh. I. 
Yeah, I, I was a bit blown away. I kind of understand it just for the fact that there was the chance it was a one-year rental. So that's like something you have to take into account because a lot of people forget that, you know, he got that mega contract extension after the trade. There was a chance that 2020, one, would have been his only season or two. That season might not have happened at all and the Dodgers would have gotten completely screwed. But yeah, when the trade initially went down, I remember thinking... Yeah, that, that definitely seems like it's not enough. Maybe there's like other parts at factor. I know there was the whole thing with Bruce Dark Ratterall was supposed to go to the Red Sox and that thing kind of got Yeah, changed, so but... let me ask let me ask you this, because this is this is one of the things I'm obsessed over was this which would you rather have? Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, or Bruce Dark Gratterall? And the easy answer every time we see pitching ninja like surface a ninety nine mile an hour, you know, two seamer, we're like, Oh, there you go. That's what the Red Sox could have had. How is he perceived? He's he's perceived very well. I mean, he's a guy that everyone I mean, his his personality on the mount is, you know, it's you see him going nuts. And that's something the Dodgers fans absolutely love when players show personality on the mound. But he's been fairly good for the Dodgers. He's had up and downs. He's had a few IL stints. But for the most part, he's one of the better ground ball pitchers in all of baseball. Doesn't allow home runs. Strikeout rate is surprisingly low. For a guy that throws 101 with insane movement, I don't know how his strikeout numbers aren't higher, but he's a guy that Dodgers fans have fallen in love with, and the fact that I think he's only 23, 24, so still fairly young, a lot of stuff to figure out, but that's another thing you have to take into account. He was like not technically a part of the Mookie Betts trade, but it essentially was kind of, because I think it was yeah with the Twins, Dodgers sent Kenta Maeda, right. so I always I always throw Bruce Dark Gratterall in the mix with that trade because it happened as part of it. So yeah, no, he's loved. And one guy I do want to throw out and I want to show love. I don't know how he's perceived by Red Sox fans, but David Price is kind of like the forgotten guy in this entire trade. Obviously he sat out 2020 was okay in 2021 in the bullpen role. He's been pretty good this season, but this is a guy I know I talk about Mookie Betts being an incredible human being. If there's one that actually might be slightly better, it's David Price. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember during COVID. I know I'm seeing some laughs, so you might not be perceived so well. But <laughs> yeah. He... <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm actually interested to hear your end because on this end, he, you know, paid for every minor leaguer in the Dodger system. I think he gave him like $1,000 back during COVID. You know, he auctioned off his World Series ring to raise money for the Players Alliance. He's at all these events and everything, and he's, you know, really gracious with his time. So he's been another amazing piece of the fact that he's actually having his best season since his, his second in Cy Young finish, I think in 2015 or so. But I'm, yeah, I'm actually interested based on those reactions to see uh, how he was perceived in uh, Boston, because I know well, they were fairly excited to get rid of that contract, which I it, it I wasn't get a, yeah, it was wasn't listen, great. I mean, Blake and Coop, you can you can follow this up, but it's he's he in flat out he wasn't perceived well in Boston. Interesting, and, okay. and and there's a lot of reasons for it. You know, you hear the stories about a lot of great things that he did, but let's just say that you know both with Mookie and David Price, they landed in a place that was better for them. Much like honestly, for David right. Price. Tampa was a better place. Toronto was a better place. Those places were better places for him. When he got to Boston, there was a lot of stuff, and he made him. He it, it was a lot of it. He brought him on himself. The I don't know how familiar you are with the Dennis Eckersley stuff. Um, you know, in in terms of getting into it with him. Um, you know, there I was, was about to say Dodgers fans have a different uh, Dennis Eckersley thing. Oh, oh yes, they we do. we love Dennis Eckersley. Yeah, yeah. we, oh, we love him for different reasons. <laughs> but it, but it's it's um, I think that you know I think uh, the best way to put it, Blake, is that I just think that it wasn't a good place for him, and it yeah. just sort of spiraled. 
um and it's it's way too complex to get into like, it, they, like it's funny though that you mentioned you like you go out of your way to mention all these things right and and how he should be held up on this pedestal i can tell you like and blake i mean and coop can back me up on this i mean if you talk about a guy who when you bring up david price's name in boston i mean coop tell me i mean what what percentage i say yay I would I would say it's probably about like sixty forty. I think since the World Series, it's gone up. It probably probably prior yeah. to October twenty eighteen, seventy five to eighty percent of Boston it, would say that guy sucks. Yeah, and, and listen, I mean, like I'm happy for him because I do think there's a lot. He's got a good heart, and 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 the fact is that he um, probably is just going to ride off in the sunset here with a with a world championship and, and that's it. That's good. But, uh, right. but to answer your question, it was, it's night and day in terms of like Mookie is a better conversation in terms of, well, w- which would be, would he be able to still do what he's doing in Boston um, and how he would be perceived? I think no matter where Mookie Betts goes, he's going to be perceived as an awesome guy and an right. awesome player. That's how he was in Boston. Um, yeah. David Price is, is a little bit different. It, it is amazing when you hear about, like, these players, like, having different fits. Even with, like, Joey Gallo, like, the dude was actually, like, thrown out of New York, basically, by the fan base where the dude couldn't even show his face in public. And now, like, he was able to turn the comments back on. He's, like, happier than ever. It's amazing how just, like, a change of scenery and how two different fan bases can have, like, entirely different opinions on players. So, yeah, I, I do remember hearing, like, David Price stories. I remember he wasn't necessarily fully loved but i did know the extent and you know the history there during his time there yeah coop hated him i didn't (laughs) to be fair like i i was very hard on him i i every time that a yankees game yankee series came around and price came up in the rotation i would chalk that up as a loss it it was brutal to watch and yeah i players do get affected by pressure. I, if any player tells you that they don't really hear outside noise, I think they're probably lying to you unless they have yeah. a flip phone, but he was a guy that I don't think. I just, I just think there. that it's, it's a cliche, but you know, that, that um, uh, the, the fan base approach, the team approach, by the way, being on a team like that helps, right. Where you have, you're winning all the time. I'm talking about the Dodgers. You're winning all the time. You feel good. Like, for instance, if Mookie Betts was on a team that was this wallowing and you're like, hey, Mookie, how come we aren't running isolations for outfielders? How come you aren't carrying us? You know, this, but he doesn't yeah. have to carry. And I, and, and I remember this, Blake, about when Mookie first, and I'm glad that Mookie has sort of settled in who he, who he is. I, now he's married, Nelly, going to his wedding, by the way. Congratulations, Mookie. Uh, and, um, but, that first spring training, that 2020 spring training, before everyone left for the pandemic, was, I remember Joe Kelly's telling me this saying on the podcast, saying like Mookie gave a speech and him and, and Joe and, and David Price were looking at each other like, what? Like, yeah. this isn't Mookie. This is, and I think that's what Mookie had to get past. Like, you don't have to be anyone but yourself, right? Yeah, I, rem- I remember that too. I think... I can't remember if it was like the very first day of spring training, but it was like within the first week. And it was like a big thing that they like told the media, like, get out. This is going to be a close thing. And Mookie took over and yeah, like led a speech. And like you said, everyone was kind of like, where, where did this come from? Like no one was expecting this. And you know, this is like his first or second day 
in the locker room with all these guys, you know, he's never been teammates with. So that immediately was like, okay, this is a guy that was something he didn't have to do. Like, I mean, players, you rarely hear of like guys that were just traded. He would never do like that a, in Boston, Blake. Like, I, I was going to say that. like, he would get roasted for at least half of spring training for that. Just yeah, that alone. And, and yeah, the fact so. that the fact that like, you know, one of his teammates said, you know, jokingly, he was really good friends of his says, Oh, it was cringeworthy. I mean, <laughs> it was like, but that right. was that everyone knew like that, that really wasn't Mookie. Like that wasn't him. And it was like, he got, he, he knew team. Everyone says you got to be a leader, but you are what you are. Like we're going through it right now with Bogarts. Like Bogarts yeah. is a good player and a leader in his own way, but he's not the like get on the, on the soapbox in the middle of the clubhouse guy, you know, and say, right. Hey guys gather around. So um, is there anything yeah. wrong with that though? That I, what I, in I, terms I, of trying to do it? Yeah. No, I don't. No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Because I can see, like, I, throw, did throw LA the fans like, appreciate out there, see that and kind of something. say, like, hey, that's something that we need? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, LA fans and Boston fans are very different. But Dodger fans, they ate that up. They they were like, this is fantastic. Again, we love that day one, he's already addressing the team. He's taking leadership. But, you know, like you said, I, I'm sure it would have been different because we, I mean, we don't know. Like, we don't know how he was in, in Boston. We don't know how he's perceived, what his personality was like. So we're thinking, you know, this is awesome. You know, this is something where if it was like, you know, some random Dodger like Max Muncy that took over and a guy that's like really kind of serious and whatnot would be like, all right, that seems kind of interesting. I, I, I can understand that because there are certain Dodgers where if I learned that they like led the way in a team meeting, I'd be like, all right, I don't know. Like if Cody Ballinger. If Cody Bellinger led a team meeting, I'd be like, well, that's weird. He was, like, he was I don't probably smoking that. something very good. <laughs> yeah, he was He was probably on something else. So I, I could see it. But, you know, Dodger fans, they ate that up. They, they love that he took initiative and, and led that meeting in day one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, he's he's a Hall of Famer. Like at the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when the Red Sox and listen, Blake, everyone knows that the Red Sox mess this up. I mean, yeah. Alex Verdugo, a fine player, right? Connor Wong might be a major leaguer, okay? Jeter Downs, who knows? But at the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference. Mookie Betts is a Hall of Famer, and if you have a Hall of Famer, you do everything you can to hang on to him, and that's why when we watch the highlights and we see him mic'd up and we see like everything he does, we're like, you know, and Coop, tell me if I'm wrong. Everyone, every time someone sees that, they're like, you know, that should be here. I've, that, I've said that, several times that like, I, I can't really still get used to the Mookie Betts thing, seeing him in person and in a like Dodgers uniform. I just looked at that. And I was like, that's, what's going to be on the plaque at Cooperstown. And that like killed me. you. You just saying earlier that he's locked up for 10 years makes it a lot easier for you to sleep at night. That kills me. Better like, than like, it's better than 15 milligrams of melatonin. No, right. and that right. like, he he should have been wearing a Red Sox B at Cooperstown. And it, did did it ever Henry come out? Back. Did it ever come out like what the final or like whatever the biggest offer was yeah, well, they so gave Mookie, him? Mookie, you have to understand like at that time, Mookie was asking more on like 400 million. 
because yeah. you know it was a different time, a different business, and the Red yeah. Sox were offering more along the lines of three ten. And I know he settled for three sixty five and said he would come back, but like that was the pandemic pan- panic. That was that was a different business model. That was yeah. we don't know if the contracts are coming back, and good for the Dodgers for swooping in and and doing that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was just it's just interesting to get your perspective on on this iconic player. And, and listen, I mean, to your point, like he's a great guy. Like he's a great guy. I like talking to him. I like being around him. He's, you know, I like watching them play all of that. And that's another thing that sucks is that, you know, the, this team right now, this Red Sox team, they're trying to find their way while wondering if these other guys are leaving like Mookie did. So, yeah. and you're, so, but you're sitting there, like Coop said, sleeping very well at night because you have an awesome podcast and because Mookie Betts is on your team. So there you go. Uh, yeah. How about Craig Kimbrell? <laughs> like that well, segue? I, well, you caught me at the right time. If we would I have know. done this, if we would have done this interview a month ago, my, my entire tone would be entirely different. I mean, this was a guy that was getting eaten. I mean, Dodger fans for years hated Kenley Jansen, not me, but I think they expect Fans start to expect too much out of your closer where unless they're 100 for 100 in saves, you blow one or two and they get very upset. But Kenley Jansen, I still think the reason he didn't come back was just because it was too much for him from the fan base. But Craig Kimbrell made Kenley look like prime Mariano Rivera compared to what he was doing the first few months of the season. He was awful. He had like a two-month stretch where he didn't even have a 1-2-3 inning. But I'm sure you guys have seen it all over social media now. Ever since he changed his uh, walkout song to Let It Go from Frozen, mm. apparently now he is the K- Craig Kimbrell of old, and he's been pretty much untouchable. It's only been six games, but hasn't allowed a hit, hasn't allowed a run. And he, like I said, he wouldn't go one or two starts or uh, relief appearances without allowing all this kind of stuff. So the last two weeks he's been entirely different. But yeah, the experiment so far hasn't gone as a smoothly as they he's were expecting. A, he's, a, he's an interesting, another guy, turns out, it's perceived in Boston, where this guy was epically good for for a good stretch he's exactly what they needed dave dombrowski goes and get him gets him but at the same time and coop you you can back me up on this like the the last impression is such a powerful thing of like him and, and that whole 2008 he became the run. cardiac kid oh my god i never see anyone sweat cardiac so kimbrel yeah there yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's it was and so when they let him when he left when they let it go uh, when he left, uh, that you like that coup. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Um, when he left, I don't think everyone was like, oh my goodness, how could you let him, you know, let him leave? Like, it, no, there was none of that. It, it was like, hey, thanks for helping us get to. 20. It was literally like you had you had Chris Sale nice close out the World Series, and because you know it was his his Q rating was not great in Boston, and I know that he's had up and down since then. But it's it's interesting because. He was so unbelievably good, much like David Price was really, really good at times. But Daniel Bard. I, I think of Daniel Bard when I think of Kimbrell. Because he, the last three years, Kimbrell was, he had some dark stretches. Yeah. Well, I mean, not like the Bard. Not like Bard, but like, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of where someone's getting the yips that bad. Yeah. It's the last perception, man. It's like, that's it. It's like, that's it. I mean, they, and then they, when they traded, made that trade for, what, for AJ Pollock. Where you, where you got, I mean, I, I know that Pollock probably wasn't for that free agent sign. It didn't really work out as planned, but 
Were you were you like on board with that? Were you like, yeah, yeah, you know, they're gonna do this. Andrew Friedman's gonna fix them, like he fixes everybody. It, it caught a lot of people off guard because I think a day or two prior, because this was I think when spring training had already gotten underway. Dave Roberts pretty much said it looks like the plan is to go closer by committee. So everyone was kind of expecting, all right, you have like Trinan, he's a solid closer. You have a bunch of other solid options, and AJ Pollock. It's, it's the the perception around AJ Pollock is weird. He feels like he wasn't a successful contract with the Dodgers because he was always hurt. But like his numbers were like low key really good while he was with LA, and his postseason run last year was amazing. So Pollock was kind of every guy that won a World Series with the Dodgers in 2020 like won a soft spot with fans' hearts. So people were actually pretty surprised and disappointed to see AJ Pollock go because he was when healthy a really good left fielder, and the Dodgers didn't necessarily have like an easy option there. It was Maybe Gavin Lux is going to play left field. I guess Chris Taylor is an everyday left fielder. And, you know, Craig Kimbrell last year was pretty bad, you know, with oh, the dude, White Sox. He was terrible. He yeah. was terrible with the White I mean, he went from awesome to awful. It was it was so crazy how bad he was toward the end. And that's why yeah. I was sort of surprised. And, and here's the thing, Blake, is that, that there is that – Andrew Freeman has the benefit of the doubt now, right? Yeah. He has – like, this is what Bloom doesn't have here. But he has the benefit of the doubt where he's fixed enough guys. He's gotten the most out of enough guys to say, if you get this guy, even though he hasn't been good, he's and he's going to be good. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you guys perceive it or not. Yeah, that's this was kind of like one of his first moves that's ever been like initially questioned. Reverend's like, yeah, I don't understand what exactly you're going for here. And the thing was, too, it's he's making $16 million this season which is exactly what Kenley Jansen got, you know, with the Braves. So everyone was like, well, why not just keep AJ Pollock and give Kenley the 16 million instead? So yeah, it was a very, you know, questionable move, but it's, it's worked out for the Dodgers, not because Kimbrell has been great, but it's allowed, you know, Chris Taylor to move to left, which allowed Gavin Lux to go to second. He's been fantastic. So it has opened up more playing time. And I know AJ Pollock has been kind of just league average with the White Sox. So it kind of has ended up working out in the Dodgers' favor in a way, even though, again, Kimbrell hasn't been fantastic. But if Kimbrell's great in October, then that's all that matters with he's the trade. But I mean, there's a tra- there's, we'll, he's, we'll it's see. a foregone conclusion, man. He has a song. It's it's all good. Like you said, sometimes getting hot at the right time. It's getting hot. And yeah. He's getting hot musically and performance-wise. I mean, no, look at that hair, Coop. All right. Coop, airing of the grievances. I don't, what do you got? Uh, So you, you guys basically did, are we going to hit 117 or not? And you guys are just like, well, if they if they hit 116 or whatnot, you know, they were most likely going to go to the World Series. But we could also have the the record. And then, you know, do we lose in the front? First of all, we're over here in Boston and last place of the AL East. And I'm having to listen to this. And I'm just I'm floored that this is it's ivory tower problems. And that right. And then you guys went on to the bullpen thing. And I was like, this is it. I can't listen anymore. But otherwise, great show. It's more it. of that was your grievances? Yeah, it's me just being very jealous. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> no, what? it's just me just being jealous that like their bullpen problems like are very like minuscule turds. Uh, uh, yeah, our, we're we're concerned with the bullpen while they have like number one ERA, number one like yeah, world, that, number one guys, ERA plus. You guys preface that to you like, <laughs> yeah, they they're just number one across the board, like not just the NL but all of the MLB. But yeah, right. it could be better. And I'm just oh, right. I wish I was you. See, there you go. That's what you should have just said. Don't skip the all all the other stuff. Just coop. I I had to get angry for a second. Say, I wish I was you. All right. I wish I was you. 
All right. So well, thank you for that therapy session. There, there you go. And by the way, like I said, I messaged you, Blake. Um, I hope that the Coop and I, Coop has been a big part of this uh, book project. Huge part of the book project, Coop. Huge big? part. A big Huge. part. You're in the acknowledgments. <laughs> I, I'm happy about that. That's all I need. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, but we got the whole um, the whole Joe Kelly Vents about baseball book coming up, amongst other people. Um, That's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he he's got a good Q rating out there still, right? People will buy. That yeah, book. I was gonna say what, what's what's his, uh, his. I mean, well, I I can understand why he'll be loved by many for just one one night alone. But how's he uh, how's he perceived out there in Boston? Yeah, better, better than Kimbrel Price. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not hard to do. Apparently, yeah, he was. He was honestly, and this is one of the reasons why. You know, it, he, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what he's doing now. If for people in Boston, it's already what he did, and I would imagine it's the same thing a little bit with the Dodgers, right? Like that already- one, Joe, Joe yeah. Kelly's the craziest one because he is like he'll never have to buy a drink in L.A. again. Everyone loves him because of that one incident, which is incredible considering. What he's done to the Dodgers in the past, 10 years ago, he broke Hanley's ribs again when he was with the Cardinals, essentially knocked that Dodgers team out because Hanley was their best player, shut him down when he was with Boston in that World Series, was pretty bad with the Dodgers his first few years, allowed, you know, that grand slam to Howie Kendrick in the 2019 NLDS. So just horrible memories, but because of what he did in Houston, the dude is one of the more loved Dodger players of all time. It makes no sense. But he's well, that's, he's that's loved like, and that's all we like to hear. It pays. <laughs> I, I love him too. Yeah. I I love him too. Well, he's, the whole the something. whole thing, honestly, like the whole thing, it's not about Joe Kelly so much. Is that like we just did this sort of, and we do this baseballs and boring project, and that's what it is, man. Like that's what it is, and it's just it's Joe talking. We interview a lot of people, um, you know, whoever it is, like athletes and uh, entertainers or whatever. Everybody has a baseball Commissioners. story. Like, commission oh yeah yeah that was that's in the the 30 the the sit joe kelly sit down with rod manfred transcribing that blake that was a trip boy was a trip. i bet <laughs> after every as i've said this many times but i told joe i said he's a good interviewer because after every second sentence he says no shit no shit it's true <laughs> it's the the amount the amount of times he was just swearing during interviews i mean especially oh, okay. over cool. It was unbelievable. Cool. Tell them the story. Which one? In, in, uh, in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, there's oh on radio. Yeah. Yeah. So we we went to Chicago. We did a little uh little media run for the baseballs and boring stuff, which we we have to send you right now. Uh, get you in on the family, but um, live on radio, he swore a couple times, and uh, the well, host called- like they kind of laughed. Yeah. No. I, was, do you want to was, say the exact line? Yeah. Well, no. So it was. It was. Um. It was right after the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson thing, and so he called Donaldson a douche, and then you know he he dropped like he dropped like, the f bomb like four times, and the producers are scrambling back there or whatever. But the but the kept... host, first of all, they were just like, "Oh, the so, people love this. It's it's cool." And then so he was like, "All right, but, I'm gonna let it fly now." Yeah. And, and the synopsis of all of this, right, is that is that I like covering Joe. I, I like doing this project with Joe because he's genuine. I'll say this about yeah. my favorite, and I think people in baseball, like that's what they like. You know, the, you're going to have the ups and downs and performances, but if you're genuine, like Mookie's genuine, right? You feel like he's genuine. There's nothing fake about him. So I don't know if that's how, you know, if that's the straw that stirs a drink in LA, I don't know. 
but now that's that's spot on what like I, I hit my last memory of him was he did a radio interview out here in la and he's doing the interview i'm listening he goes all right give me one second because he was in drive through it in and out ordering like a double double and you just hear him like while he's doing this you know interview ordering his double double fries and a shake and again that's most players like you can't expect them they're probably just going to be sitting down but him he's driving his truck through la going through drive through it in and out while he's doing a uh radio interview so yeah. that's that's a, it was a perfect representation of them yeah we'll do another podcast but i do want to get into like the whole baseballs so that we love talking about the baseballs and boring stuff about you know the like the players protecting their their brands and and all of that i mean you you see it and we all see yeah. it and but it's, all, it's a conversation for another day but um this is a great great stuff i look forward to you, you, your podcast taking off awesome job with everything if you ever need anything we have bunk beds at the bradford show house if you're ever in boston whatever you need blake whatever you need so uh i hope that uh great success i hope that things are going well and uh, really appreciate you coming on well, I appreciate you guys having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, best of luck with Connor Wong, Jeter mm. Downs, Alex yeah, Verdugo. Keep, keep looking for that billboard. We got, we bought one. We just have well, so where, 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 I, I don't know if you said it. Where is it in LA? Well, just take, I, I do this. Go to uh, my Twitter account and you'll okay. I have it pinned there and you can try to figure out where it is. It doesn't. Exist. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh, it's fake. Yeah. We don't, oh, man, I don't know. Man, who knows? Oh, man, hey, he's... hey. I the 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 billboards you see here in LA that people actually sponsor, right. you'd actually be surprised. Like I, I actually believe it because the stuff you see go up, even like on the freeway near my house, you're thinking, no way, someone actually bought that and paid for it. But like that's why I believe it's it. I'm like, be cheap, I, right? Like it, we're gonna do it, cool. cool. We're it's gonna not do awful. It. We're gonna because I wanted to, I wanted to get one for fun. I looked it up and it's like fourteen hundred dollars for like three wow. months, and I'm like. How about for like three days? Yeah, we don't. We don't have that. Can we sublet it? Can we? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> just can we go up there and do it yourself? Can, can, like we can, just say, hey, maybe, we, maybe we can split one with your podcast. We'll split it down the middle. We'll, we'll share the cost. You can put anything you right. want. We just want to put thank you for Connor Wong on our side. I I I think that would be fantastic. I that's why I w I'm pretty bummed it's not real because of the whole again the Mookie bet sign. I think that would be a perfect like petty just yeah well. We got Connor Wong, got so Connor joke's Wong. on you. I mean, Coop said it's not we real. Got the best I, I'm not saying AAA. that. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, Blake. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.